Hey, and welcome to Salty Saints while we get Zach up and running here. <laughs> you want to grab the other mic? Am I good? What's happening? <laughs> no. Hello? Hey! Can you turn him off, please? <laughs> all right, we got to cover a few things real quick. First of all, Jason whispered in Randy's ear for us to do the moves to that when we got up here. I watched it. There's no way I could have figured that out in three minutes. Like, there's no way. Uh, but welcome back. Thank you, kids, yes. for helping us out. Um, yes. Good job. Good stuff. So, Salty Saints is our podcast. That is one of our podcasts here at New Hope, which is about to get picked up by Life Audio, by the way. So tune in, people, which is a great thing. That's big stuff. But we did this one time ever, like a few months back, because Jason called us at 10 o'clock the night before when he was supposed to preach and said, hey, I'm out. I'm sick. Please cover for me. So me and Randy were like, eh, we'll just write stuff down and talk about it when we get up there and we'll just let God do the rest of it. And so today we were like, what are we going to do for today? It's a family Sunday. What's going to be a little different from, from that little thing. A couple of months ago, we had a couple of people come up and say, it changed my life. I mean, honestly, and- <laughs> more people talked about that sermon that we did not prepare for than anything we've ever tried at here. And that's, so we've that's heartbreaking preparing ever since then. <laughs> So, today, as Douglas kind of primed us for, we're talking about the golden rule. And this is in keeping with the words of Jesus. It still occurs in the middle of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, but it's a little bit out of order. We've been looking at Matthew chapter 5. The uh, golden rule actually occurs in Matthew 7, 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. That's the essence of all that's taught in the Law and the Prophets. Yeah. And so to kind of prep for this, you know, like I said, we wanted to like leave room for like this to be like a legitimate discussion over like, what do you, you know, what do we, what, what is the golden rule? What do we think about that? What comes to mind when you think about that? Um, and so we kind of, we kind of made three tiers that we saw in the golden rule on the way it can be applied. And that's kind of our framework we gave each other to talk through. And, and the first of those tiers is kind of what Douglas talked about, right? It's being nice. Play nice. Be nice to everybody, even your enemies. Be nice. Um, hey, how are you? You know, how's life? How's how are the kids? How's the family? How's how's work? How's all that? All oh, great. See you later. And that's it. Isn't that how we use it like 90% of the time? Because I think for the vast majority of our relationships with people in our lives, that's where the golden rule applies. Awesome. Great. Going to keep you right here. See you later. That's it. And I think that's what most of us tend to do. I'd say even more than 90% of the time, we very, very rarely go any deeper than that. The golden rule is all about, well, I wouldn't like it if somebody did that to me. So I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to be too nice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be good to you. Yeah, uh, the second tier, I think it's a little bit more, a little bit more complicated. Um, that's people we're close with. That's like our friends and our family. Um, it's people that we support and we want to see succeed. And so we're rooting for them. I mean, it's like our, you know, uh, kids or our parents, like we want to help them. We want to pour into them or like our close friends. We want to see you do well. 
But the problem with the second tier is it stops short of, of fully opening up, of fully engaging with people and fully going that, that, that next deepest level. So it's still keeping the same idea of doing to other people what they want, what we would want them to do to us, but it goes beyond that surface level. Now it's more about, you know, I really want other people to kind of help me out, to kind of help me succeed. So we want to be engaged with other people in a way that would actually help them succeed. Right. And then the third tier, this is kind of the all defenses are down, shields are down, we're, we're ripe for an attack, and we get down into the nitty-gritty of other people's lives, and we let them in to get down into the nitty-gritty of our lives. And, and that's kind of, that's the one I think we're missing most often, that it's really uncomfortable to talk to people about the hard parts of their life and about their, their real issues. I mean, the, the really difficult stuff that they're battling because we all kind of put up these little walls of self-preservation and we don't let people in. And so it's hard. It's hard to get down there. We, uh, in, in this level, what we're really talking about is helping other people grow. You know, as parents, as, as good friends, we realize that a lot of times what the other person says they want isn't necessarily what's best for them, especially as parents. Uh, Jesus actually had a parable about that. He said, uh, what, what parent, if their child asks for an egg, would he give them a scorpion? Or if their child asks for a loaf of bread, would he give them a rock? And what he was talking about there is a scorpion. When, when it goes into a defensive posture, it kind of rolls up. And to a child, it might look like an egg. Uh, a rock uh, with a lot of dust on it, it could look like a small loaf of bread. And the child might say, oh, daddy, give me that piece of bread. And it'd be a cruel father that would hand the rock to the child and say, uh, chew on that, see what you think, right? I, I hope you just said cruel and not cool. Because cruel. Okay, cool. See, are you? Yeah, cruel. Um, we want to give other people what they truly need, and sometimes that means saying the tough things, saying the hard things to other people. Like, you have any examples? Oh, man. I mean, well, okay, so here's the issue with getting down to that layer. Like I said, so like um, a few hours out of every month, I, don't, I dedicate that to working with other people for leadership development purposes. And I've done some training in that area. And one of the tools we use is called the self-preservation tool. And it's this idea that you build up this wall and... The reason you build up that wall is you're afraid of somebody finding something out about you or you're trying to put on a, a, a certain image that you're trying to give off. Maybe you want to look cool. Maybe you want to look super nice so you never say the hard stuff. Um, maybe you don't want them to, to get down into the, the harder parts of your life because it would make you vulnerable, right? It would, it would give up too much. And so you build up this wall, and the way they represent it in this image, and I love this, is a red light 
a yellow light, and a green light, right? Because everybody's got this wall up. And the only way that you can get it behind that other person's wall is to look and see where their wall is. Is it at a red light? Okay, well, they don't want you anywhere in their business. Don't go prying at that point. That's why you have to establish a relationship. If they're giving you a yellow light, okay, well, look, there's a little bit of room to, to dig in there and start asking some, some tough questions. But you've got to pay attention to their body language. You've got to pay attention to the things that they're saying. And if they give you that green light, then you can, you can start asking some tougher stuff. You can get in there and really be their friend, really be transparent with them. But here's the deal. You have to match their signals. You can't just be this open book with them. That might freak them out. You got to give them what they're giving to you. Be real. Don't be fake, but don't overwhelm them either because you got to establish a legitimate relationship with somebody to actually be to them what you would want them to be to you. Because I mean, like, is it fair to say, you know, like there's stuff in my life that I don't want in my life that I am not always strong enough to hold myself accountable for. I would love it if I had more people in my life that I could have to hold me accountable in those areas. Shouldn't I do the same to other people? Shouldn't I develop relationships deep enough and strong enough where I can get in their life and do that for them? And if I'm not okay with people coming into my life and doing that, that's a problem. I got, I got to let my defenses down and let other people in too. You know, up to this point in Jesus's words, uh, back in Matthew chapter five, everything that we were looking at, uh, Jesus is actually quoting Old Testament. He's going back and he's remembering what God told us in the Old Testament. And he's saying, let's, let's take that to heart. Let's not just do what people say we ought to do because of the Old Testament. Let's actually read the Old Testament and find out what it is that God wants us to do. This, however, is totally new. There is nothing like this in the Old Testament. This is a new way of looking at things. And that's kind of why we saw these different levels. Because we want to get beyond just the superficial be nice to each other. We want to get down to the nitty gritty, like Zach said, of learning to love each other. And sometimes love has the difficult conversations. Love is fighting for the highest possible good in someone else. It's fighting for what's good for them, even if it's not what they want. Um, C.S. Lewis has this idea. Uh, he, he had this quote about like a, a kid playing in a gutter making mud pies. And he said, if you were to walk up to that child and offer them a cruise to the Bahamas, they wouldn't even know why they should want to take that because all they've ever seen is playing in the gutter with these mud pies. And I think that's where a lot of us are with like the deep, dark parts of us that it's like some of us have never even seen the light on the other side of like whatever that sin is or whatever that issue is. And it's like, if you don't let those defenses down and accept the kindness of somebody else to come in and start changing in your life, you're never going to get to that other side of it. You mentioned something this morning before we came up here, um, something that Jordan Peterson had said. You want to share that? Yeah. So sorry for any Jordan Peterson haters, but it was a cool quote. Um, it's actually not a quote. It was, he was actually just talking about the idea of the golden rule. Um, and he, he, it's a uh, Carl Jung, 
uh, he, he quoted him on saying that he looks at the golden rule as an equation. That it's not just like this advice of go be nice, but that it's actually kind of spelled out more like I equal you. You equal me. And if you look at it from that perspective, he said that the interesting thing is, yeah, I should do for you what you would like done to you or what I would like done to me, right? I should have your best interest in mind. But he said it actually flips it and it makes it more complex when you look at it like an equation because there's people in the world that don't value themselves and don't think of themselves as anything important. But those people still love and respect people in their lives. And so it forces that person to go, well, wait, I love and honor this person over here. And Jesus is telling me I'm equal to them. And so you, even if you don't love yourself, even if you don't find value in yourself, should. Because Jesus is saying you are just as valuable as that other person, which is why you should treat each other with respect. And so there's no room for self-hate in this either. And so, like, it's even more complex than we really allow it to be most of the time. So going back to Douglas, uh, maybe the principal was saying, Douglas, instead of dropping that Mentos in the Diet Coke and and, uh, just humiliating Douglas, be a friend. Let Douglas know, hey, you know, what you do isn't cool. Uh, Those are the tough difficult questions that Jesus is calling us to have. As we love each other, he calls us to a higher level of accountability with each other, of of talking to each other, even about behavior and what we need to do as people to grow. I I actually think that one of the the reasons Jesus brings this all up is... um, you know, like one of the, one of the commandments is don't make a graven image, make no graven image. Don't worship a graven image. I believe the reason we're never, we're never to make a graven image, even of God, because if you think about it, um, like the Israelites, when they made the golden calf, there's a decent argument that they were trying to make a shrine to Yahweh. They were trying to make a a God, like a, a picture of Yahweh in a way of what they kind of saw him as, Right. But he said, no, no, no. And he ends up, I mean, he has a ton of people slaughtered over it because they do that. Um, I believe the reason we are not to make graven images is because each of us is made in the image of God. Each one of us is made in the image of God. Therefore, when I look at Randy or I look at Brant or Andrea or Abby or whoever, like I'm supposed to see God in them. And when they look at me, they're supposed to see God in me. And when I look at my enemy, I'm supposed to see God reflected in my enemy. And therefore, it's not saying we're God, but it's saying his, his thumbprint is on us, that, that his image is reflected in us. And when we live right, we, we really can reflect a little glimpse of who he is. But we're to honor one another because we are the image of God. Our enemies are the image of God. Our friends and our family are the image of God. And so when we look at those people and we honor them and we love them and we treat them the way we would like to be treated, we are honoring and loving God. 
Because, I mean, isn't that what he did for us? That, you know, we, we are dishonorable, terrible people. We're unjust. We're weak. We're bad. We talked about that back around Easter. But God being just and God being powerful and, and God being, uh, which one am I leaving out there? Weak, power, um, righteous. We'll go righteous, righteous whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's good. He's perfect in every way. And he, he gave us all that through his son, Jesus, even though we didn't deserve it. And so if we, being undeserving of God's love, received it in full from God through Jesus on the cross, can't we play nice with the bully? Can't we play nice with the person that really messed us up? And I'll be straight up. I had to spend the whole day yesterday with a couple people that I really didn't want to spend the day with. That really happened. Was not a good time. And I was salty about it the entire time. And then I'm sitting there writing some stuff down last night for this. And I'm like, dude, I'm the worst. Like I dropped the ball. Like I didn't have to just be a jerk. And I kind of was. And I didn't need to be that. But, like, it's not until we're confronted with the words of Jesus sometimes that it's, like, it becomes overwhelmingly real on who we are and how messed up we are. But Jesus is calling us to something better with these words. So Jesus says, treat others like you want them to treat you. And he says this two times, one here in Matthew, and it just kind of is a standalone Uh, He's just gotten done talking about prayer. He's about ready to talk about the narrow gate. And in the middle of that, he says, hey, treat others the way you want to be treated. Just kind of a standalone statement. He says it again in the book of Luke. And in the book of Luke, he says it right after he says, love your enemies. So, I mean, it's, it's, we apply it to our friends. We apply it to our family. We apply it even to the people that we're not that crazy about. We apply it to everybody because, after all, what did Jesus say? Love everybody. Love your friends. Love your family. But even love your enemies. And, you know, like, I think it's really easy, and I think we do this with a lot of Scripture. I think we we take it and then we, we make exceptions. Like... With this, for instance, to say, well, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to like them, but you got to love them, you know? Um, I think we run with that a little too far, like to the point where it's like, well, I guess like it's not really love in the end at all because I'm just saying it because it sounds good. And I, I find myself there often, but then I look at Jesus being nailed to a cross and asking, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. And it's like, could we look at somebody that was literally taking our life from us and, and pray to God in that moment for their salvation and their good? Like, I don't know. I'm not there. I'd be shouting at the dude fighting back. Like, that's not, <laughs> I can't imagine. But that's, that's, I mean, that's the length to which Jesus takes everything. And he didn't just say it. He didn't just, like, make these big, bold, outrageous claims that we were to live into. He actually did them. And, and that's what makes it so humbling. So, Zach, you have anything else for us? No, I don't.
I think I just ranted for like three minutes straight. So I think it's your That's turn. Right. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being here with us this morning. <laughs> What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.